بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على شرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعده نبرد نستذبيت have been speaking about this very important incident in the seerah of Rasulullah the incident of the archers, the disobedience of the archers in the Battle of Ahad and the lessons that we learn from this and we ask Allah SWT to enable us to learn the lessons and to apply them in our lives inshallah. Now as we know the I have in the previous uh, for the reminder I uh, described the whole thing in detail so I won't talk about that now but effectively 50 of the uh, 50 people Nasrullah had positioned as archers to guard their backs and 40 of them uh, mutinied and left their place and as a result of that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused the Muslims to be defeated and Rasulullah himself was severely injured and 70 Sahaba were Shaheed. Now if you think about a couple of things, firstly if you think about it, before this incident, right in the beginning of the whole incident of Badr, uh, of Ahad, Abdullah bin Salul, Ubay bin Salul, he came out with Rasulullah and then he turned around and went back with 300 of his followers. So that mutiny and disobedience of Rasulullah happened right in the beginning of Ahad. And many more, these archers were only 40 who mutinied, but the other people were 300 plus. <clears throat> Despite that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the Muslims victory in the beginning. But when the archers mutinied, the whole thing turned upside down and the Muslims were defeated. So one of the big lessons that we learn from this as our ulama have said is that number one, it is not necessary for every Muslim on the face of the earth to become 100% practicing and a muttaqi Muslim before the help of Allah comes. It's not necessary. What is necessary is for at least a, 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 a like we say, critical mass in an atomic reaction. Uh, that critical mass of Muslims has to come on the right track. So it is not that the that everyone has to be obedient, but enough of them have to become obedient before the help of Allah will come. So that's one thing. Second thing is that if people disobey, if the general people disobey, people who are themselves, uh, you know, weak in faith and who are probably... In, the, in this case it was the hypocrites but you know even if they are not hypocrites but their disobedience Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not really punish but when people who are close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when people who are the core of the community when they disobey then the punishment of Allah comes so 300 of, of Ubay bin Salul's uh, followers nothing happened but these 40 people, the punishment of Allah came. Third very important lesson is that this disobedience that was there, what was the basis of it? There were two bases. Number one was love for the dunya. And Allah mentioned that in the ayat 
which he in of Surah Al-Imran, which Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala mentioned, he said they loved dunya more than the akhirah. Some of them loved dunya more than the akhirah. Means Sahaba. Uh, some of the Sahaba they said we did not know, we did not even realize that some of us loved the dunya more than the akhirah until this time this happened. We all thought we were all good. So love of the dunya more than the akhirah invites the punishment of Allah, especially when this love of the dunya then forces you to go against the orders of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So one is love of dunya where somebody is neglecting something and so on, but is not directly disobeying something. Not that that is good, but that is of less uh, seriousness. But when the love of dunya causes us to go directly against the hukum of Allah, then the problem comes. And today, in today's world, one of the most common places, one of the most common places that this happens is in the interest of taking interest-based loans. Is in the context of taking interest-based loans. People take interest-based loans. Knowing that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala declared enmity against the person who takes that loan, and Allah declared war against the person who takes such a loan, despite that they take the loan, why? Love of dunya. I want a big house. I want a new car, nice car. I want this. I want that. And therefore, they fall into this trap of buying the enmity of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So. That was one reason they disobeyed love of dunya. They were after the booty. Here was the booty. They thought, oh, all this will go away. We will lose out. So let us go and grab some stuff for ourselves. Second reason is that even though the order of Rasulullah sallallahu was perfectly clear, they interpreted that order to suit themselves. They said this doesn't apply now. The war, the battle is over. Whereas if you see the instruction of Rasulullah, he said very clearly, he said, if you see us winning, don't leave the place. If you see us losing, don't leave the place. If you see that we are all dead and the vultures are carrying and eating from our bodies, don't leave the place. So either way, he said, do not leave this place, no matter what. Instruction was perfectly clear. And this is the nature of the instructions of the Nabi alayhi salam which are given as a result of he where they are perfectly clear. It is the job of the Ravi to, clear, to clarify and he always did that. The instruction was clear. But these people, they interpreted it to suit themselves and said, no, 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 but you know, that doesn't apply now. Now, result was severe punishment from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The key thing here to understand is, therefore, what do we do in our own lives? Number one, one of the things we do May Allah forgive us, is we also display this love of dunya more than akhirah. So that is something to watch and something to be careful about. Second thing is, we also try to do this, of saying, oh, but you know, that law was then, not now, there is that, doesn't apply now, uh, this is a different country, different world, different century. All of these are traps of shaitan. The principle in Islam is, Whatever you decide to do, when you come across a text which is <coughs> the ayat of Allah, then the Quran, or a saying, a teaching of Rasulullah, when you come across a text, you follow the text, you do not follow your reasoning. It's as simple as that. If you deny the text, you have left Islam. As simple as that. There is a text, you follow the text. Go to the text, you follow the text. If there is a if there is 
no text then some other rules apply just to round off this uh, reminder in islam there are four bases of law in the sharia the first basis of law is the kalam of allah the quran allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said aqimu salah if somebody said why should i pray because allah said so allah said fast in the month of ramadan why should i fast in the month of ramadan because allah said so right so there is no doubt about this this is the hukum of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala second basis of the sharia is the hukum of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam the order of the nabi alaihi salam for example if you say how many uh, rakat should i pray in salatul maghrib which we just finished we say three why did allah say three any, anywhere no rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam told us three because this is the second kind of wahi that he used to receive one wahi is the wahi in the quran the second wahi is the wahi which is called wahi ghair matlu the wahi which is not recited which is the sunnah the hadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam so how do we pray nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam taught us he said sallu kama raaitumuni usalli he said pray as you have seen me pray how did he know that he didn't invent it it was not his something that he dreamt up on his own this was something which was also taught to him in term, from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so first source the kitab of allah second source the hukum of rasul now third source where there is no direct instruction from the quran and no direct instruction from the nabi sallam what happens ijma of the of the ulama this is not something which anybody can do it is the scholars of islam who get together and together they come to a conclusion ijma of the ulama this ijma of the ulama must be in line with the quran and sunnah that's the that's the key thing for example the allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prohibited uh, al khamar so all allah prohibited alcohol now ijma of the ulama suppose you come to them and say okay uh, i am not drinking alcohol but what about uh, marijuana that in this country marijuana is legal so can i smoke marijuana you say no where is that in the quran it is not in the quran where is that in the in in the in the sunnah did nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said don't smoke marijuana he didn't say that how did we come to that we came from the ijma of the ulama who said that when allah prohibited khamar he prohibited all forms of intoxication it's not only one this particular drink it means this drink what does it do the drink takes away your senses it makes you intoxicated therefore anything which intoxicates is haram therefore the ijma of the ulama right from the beginning has been that all forms of intoxication in islam are haram and therefore they cannot be done right allah subhanahu wa taala prohibited pork eating pork now you say well i'm not eating pork but i i have a pig farm or i have a slaughterhouse in which pigs are also slaughtered can i do that no you can't do that why because of the usul of the sharia that when something is prohibited everything connected with it is also prohibited ijma of the ulama so the, all the scholars get together and they come to this conclusion finally khiyas which is where there are no scholars an individual person who is also a scholar please understand there is no scope in islam for anyone who is not a scholar of the deen to pronounce any judgment or to pronounce any statement to do with the deen of allah 
Now, scholar does not necessarily mean the person has to graduate from this or that university, but scholar means number one, first and foremost requirement, somebody for who is a native speaker of Arabic or who knows Arabic at the level of a native speaker. He, he need not be an Arab, can be a non-Arab, but knows Arabic at the level of a native speaker of the time of the Sahaba So classical Arabic, he must know completely and totally fluently, he should be able to speak and understand that. First requirement. And then of course all the rest of it, which is he must know the Quran, he must know the Hadith, he must know all the, uh, you know, all the, uh, the sciences involved with it to be able to. So now if such a scholar is by himself or herself and there is no ijma, there is no collective of scholars, then this person can also form an opinion and give a ruling on something which is called khiyas which is by which means deductive reasoning but again that khiyas has to be in line with the quran and sunnah so the quran and sunnah is the overall boundary ijma which is the collective opinion of scholars and khiyas which is the opinion deductive reasoning of an individual scholar but both must comply with the quran and sunnah there's no question of any khiyas any opinion of any individual scholar or collective opinion of all the scholars which can go against the Quran and Sunnah. All the scholars in the whole world cannot get together and make alcohol halal. All the scholars cannot get together and make interest halal. It doesn't matter. It, it, every scholar in the world can give a fatwa to say interest is halal, it is not halal, it is haram. They can collectively get together and give a fatwa to say that non-zabiha can be eaten, it cannot be eaten, it is haram. They can get together and give a fatwa to say alcohol and marijuana and so on, drugs are halal, it is not halal, it is haram. So this is very important to understand the basic fundamental principles of the Sharia, of the sharia and how uh, rulings are extracted <coughs> so that we don't get misled by shaitan. We ask Allah subhanahu wa to keep us on the straight path and enable us to live by that and to help us to Die on that straight path with Iman and with Yaqeen, inshaAllah. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa alayhi wa sallam. Wa alayhi wa sallam. Wa alayhi wa sallam.